This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. It's great to see you all. I missed you guys last week. I got to sit in church with my family, though, which I don't get to do very often. Hey, and I recommend church. It's really great, you know, just to go to church and sit there with your family and worship God and listen to preaching. It's a really good deal. So you get to have it here every Sunday at the city church. How many enjoyed my sister last week uh, ministering to you? Yeah. She did a fantastic job. If you missed last uh, Sunday, the message is available um, on our website or on our podcast or through our church app. She talked about peace. So I listened to it. Uh, fantastic message. I highly recommend it. But we are in week three of a series that we have called Once Upon a Time. And we are discussing uh, for the next little while the parables of Jesus. We referenced the first week how Jesus talked about how he taught in parables and why he taught in parables and why it's important. And when we think about parables, um, really it's just stories that Jesus would use stories to try to teach us the truth about something. And all of us love stories. We, we either like to read stories or go watch the movies and that's a story or we like to tell stories to our children at night so that they can learn something. And it's the same way Jesus taught in the gospel. So we're looking at some specific stories in the gospel. And as I, uh, as I mentioned, depending on how you count them, there's anywhere between 28 and 61 parables where Jesus taught, spent some time and he would tell a story. And sometimes it would be about a, people that he knew, or sometimes he would just make up a story about a family or people um, to teach us a lesson. And as we look at these parables, we can uh, see a revelation of God from the parables that we can understand about exemplary behavior We can learn about wisdom. We can learn about life before God. We can learn about final judgment. We can learn about human conduct and practical application in life. And then we can learn about the kingdom of God. So the first week we talked about how small seeds produce big results. And then also we mentioned why Jesus taught in parables. So if you've missed that message or the uh, two weeks ago, um, you can catch up online to the messages. And then two weeks ago, we talked about this idea of the joy of repentance. Now, we don't necessarily think of the word repentance as a joyful thing, uh, but if you miss that message, you can catch up. And then today, we're going to be talking about something uh, about being persistent in prayer. Now, there's two specific parables uh, that Jesus taught as it relates to prayer that we're going to be discussing today. And just this idea of being persistent and how persistent uh, being persistent is a very important quality in life, that it's, it's not a, a good idea to think of yourself as a quitter. Now, I know that um, every generation generally, so to speak, will be, uh, have some sort of complaints about the generation to follow. Does anyone know what I'm talking about, how, like how they dress or the music that they like? We usually think, you know, these, we would say it and we would say, these kids today. Has anyone ever heard that phrase, these kids today? And, you know, my dad, who's going to be 80 in May, you know, once upon a time, back in the day, people would say about him, these kids today, my dad used to wear a leather jacket, he had a ducktail, <laughs> could have been in the T-Birds, you know what I'm saying, he could have been in Greece. Um, so I'm just going to take this moment to talk about these kids today, these millennials that I have, I have one in my household, and depending on how, I have a millennial and a Gen Z. And so here's my complaint about these kids today. They can't fix computers at all. 
If anything goes wrong with their computers, they're like, it's not working. And they walk away from it. They've never had a computer that doesn't work or a phone that doesn't work. And if anything ever goes slightly wrong with their computer, their, their life is over because their computers have always worked. But for us back in the day, how many remember Windows 95? It never worked, ever. And so what did we have to do? Our parents couldn't help us. They never used computers. What did we have to do? We had to persist and figure it out. And if it didn't print, what did we do? We spent all day trying to get it to print. My kids, you know, they press print. They see the print icon. They press print and then they stare at the printer. And if it doesn't work, what do they say? Dad, it doesn't print. I'm like, did you check this? Have you checked this? Have you checked this? Figure this out. Restart it. Whatever you need to do. No persistence. That's my little complaint for the morning. Just venting, getting it out there. But persistence is a really important aspect of life that we should not be quitters. And specifically in this parable that we're about to read in Luke 18, so you can turn over there with me, that Jesus talks about this idea of persistence and then he joins it to the idea of prayer. And this is so important for us for each aspect of life. And no matter where we are, regardless of the season of life that we are in, persistence is very important for us. So let's read it here. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So Jesus is giving us a big hint. He's about to give us a parable and he's telling us up front what the parable means. And sometimes he would teach parables and they wouldn't understand it and they wouldn't get it. And the disciples would have to come afterwards and be like, Jesus, we didn't get it. Can you explain it to us? But right up front here, this parable, Jesus is telling us why he's telling us this parable. That there's these two ideas or two ways that we can function in life. And one of them is good and one of them is not a good way to live your life. And what is he telling us? He's going to tell us a story so that we would always pray. That we would always think that we have this wonderful opportunity to spend time to talk to God. And then the other side of the coin is what? That we wouldn't lose heart. In other words, we wouldn't give up. That Jesus doesn't want to live our lives having an attitude that at any moment we could just give up. That things could be hard or too difficult for me. And instead of just spending time with God or praying to God or talking to God, that I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to lose heart. I'm going to throw in the towel. Because life can be difficult sometimes. Life can be hard. Any parents out there? How is parenting? Piece of cake, right? You know, have a baby. It's, they're so cute and they're so wonderful. It was hard, people. And I didn't even give birth. It's not easy to be a parent. It's not easy to be a good parent. I mean, it's easy to be a bad parent. You just let them do whatever they want them to do. But it's difficult to be a good parent because you've got to be up in their face all of the time teaching them about life. And then they look back in your face and they say no. <laughs> and what do you have to do? You have to persist. You have to keep at it. Life is, is easy when you quit. But we shouldn't quit. Jesus is telling us, hey, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about how to live your life. You should always pray and you should never lose heart because sometimes things take a long time. Does anyone ever have a dream? Any single people out there 
have a dream to get married. Hey, if you want to stay single, that's great. But if you're single out there and you want to get married, let's do a singles moment. Let's raise our hands and look around the room. You know what I'm saying? Uh, (laughs) But if you have a dream, (laughs) if you have a dream to get married and you are older than you thought you'd be when you were 10, you were 10, like, I want to get married by this age. You know what I'm saying? You've got an age. And then you're somehow past that age. And you might think, well, you know what? just going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to go eat at McDonald's for every meal because who cares anymore? You just, you know, give up. But Jesus is telling us this is about life, how to live life, how we should live our lives, that we should always pray and we should never lose heart. We should never think, you know what, this is too hard. This is too difficult. This is taking too long. I am going to persist and I'm not just going to persist in life just sort of not giving up, but I'm actually going to persist by praying, by spending time talking to God. So let's read this parable and see what Jesus is teaching us. He said, verse 2, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. So here's a guy who has a place of authority in the city. He's a judge, gets to decide things. And then what does it say about him? He, He doesn't fear God. And he doesn't like people, so he's like not a good dude. Has no respect for God, and he's got no interest in people. Not a great guy, not a great guy that you want to have in a place of being a judge. And it says in verse 3, And there was a widow in that city, the same city where this unjust judge was, who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. So we hear, we see somebody who had a lot of power, this, this judge in the city, and then this woman, this most susceptible part of society, and, and specifically in this time, widows had very little um, recourse. A lot of times, if they didn't have family members that could take them in after their husband had passed away, they weren't able to own land. A lot of times, they, weren't, they couldn't get a job. So if they didn't have family members to take them in, they were really in trouble. And here, this widow woman, she has an adversary. Something has happened to her where she's had somebody come against her. So there's this unjust judge and then this widow in the same city. And it says that she kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. First four, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, the chosen ones? That God has chosen us all. So here, Jesus is contrasting this judge who who doesn't honor God and doesn't really like people, who eventually gave justice to this widow because she kept coming. And then he says, "If if this judge who is unjust gives justice... He's comparing this judge to actually how God is, that God would be the opposite end of that scale, right? That God isn't unjust, and God does love and care for people. So he's saying if this unjust judge actually um, finally gives justice, and then he's comparing that to God, won't God give justice? What's the answer to that thing? That Yes, that's the point. If this unjust judge, how much more will God do something for his children? who cry to him day and night 
Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So once again, what's the premise of this parable? That we would always pray and we would not lose heart, that we wouldn't faint, that we wouldn't give up, that we wouldn't quit in the face of adversity, that we wouldn't, you know, just, and, and we wouldn't just lose our nerve either. Sometimes when we, when we have goals and dreams, um, we need to be courageous to get to those goals and dreams, those ideas. Do you have any of those in your heart and your mind? You should. You should have some things out in front of you that are just a little bit impossible. That, that I, I can't actually imagine how to get there, but it's kind of a dream I have in my heart. This thing out in front of me, I see this, but I'm not sure how to get there. Same thing with those. Sometimes those dreams take a while. And in the middle of the journey to the dream, we can just sort of give up, just sort of lose heart, lose my nerve in the middle of that situation. So this idea, this thought that Jesus is telling us, this way that we should live our life has tremendous application for all of us, regardless of where we are. So Jesus is telling us there is a good way. There's an optimal way to respond to life situations that look hard, that look difficult, that look like a struggle. What are we going to do? We're going to always pray and we're going to never lose heart. This is how we should live life, that I'm always going to pray, that I'm always going to be able to talk and connect and ask God for something. See, and sometimes when we think about prayer, it becomes, uh, it becomes a block for a lot of people because they feel like they don't pray well. I'm not sure that I say the right thing. I'm not sure that I know enough. And then I see somebody maybe super spiritual or see somebody on TV. I'm like, I don't know if I can pray like that. And then maybe God is busy with someone else's prayers, somebody important, and I, I'm maybe not that important to God. You know, but the scripture tells us that God's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. And he has called us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we all have this wonderful privilege, this benefit that we can actually go to God in prayer. And then he hears us and that he actually wants to hear us. He's not like the unjust judge. He's like a father. So he doesn't tire of you coming. He wants you to keep coming. What did Jesus say? That we would always pray and never give up. This is how we should live life. So prayer, how do we understand about prayer? How is it that we should pray? Well, we're going to look at another parable in Luke 11 and just get a little bit of an idea about how to pray. In the beginning of this chapter, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus went through what we would call the Lord's Prayer. And then after he finishes that section, he gives them a parable to teach them about an attitude that we should carry into prayer. Now, there are some specifics that, you know, we're praying to the Father in Jesus' name. These are all important things to understand. But it's also important to know the attitude that we should have when we go to pray. Should I be like crawling on my hands and feet to to pray? Should I be like whipping my back before I go to pray? Or does Jesus teach us something different, a different attitude that we should take in prayer? Let's read it here in Luke chapter 5, sorry, Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 5. He says this, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. So he's going to give us a story. He's going to give us a parable about prayer. 
He says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. So Jesus tells them this story and this story is about prayer. So what is the story? So there's three people in this story. There's a, there's a person who has a friend who shows up from out of town at their house and it's late. And this is, you know, before uh, 24-hour grocery stores. So he couldn't go to the store. He couldn't order takeout or something. The only thing that he could do was go to his friend's house. And he's using this word friend on purpose and intentionally a friend. Somebody that you know, not, you know, not like a Facebook friend. Like somebody you actually don't know and just added you. You're like, I think I know them, whatever. I mean, this is a legitimate friend. And so, you know, you actually, if you're going to go to somebody's house at midnight, you should really know them. You can't be like, hey, we're friends on Facebook. Can you let me in? And be like, yeah, that's not a good idea. Actual friends, somebody that you really know, what are you going to do? You're going to go to their house and at midnight, you're going to knock on their door. And the story you're going to say is, hey, I've, somebody from out of town showed up at my house. Can I borrow three loaves of bread from you? It's kind of an odd story that Jesus is teaching us about prayer. But one of the first things that we can glean from this story is this idea of at midnight. In other words, God is okay with us coming to him any time of day, all of the time at midnight, an in, inconvenient time in our minds. But God always wants us to pray, to be in this attitude of prayer. What did Jesus say? That we should always pray and not lose heart. So he's using this analogy that we're friends with God. That when we think about praying, it's not about a distant, angry God who's unknown. No, no, he's my friend. And he's the type of friend that actually will hear me at midnight. Let's continue on reading the story. Verse 8, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, in other words, he's not going to come to the door just because he's his friend, because really you're irritated with your friend who shows up at your house at midnight, right? You're tired, you're exhausted, everybody's asleep. They've ruined a good night's sleep. He's not going to go to the door just because he is your friend. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Without shame. That you, this is a great attitude for us to take into prayer. That we wouldn't actually go with shame. That Jesus is teaching us how to pray. What type of attitude should we have when we pray? Should we be like, oh, you know, we've got to walk like this and maybe I'll walk backwards into the presence of God? And we're like, God, if you don't mind, I just, I just I ask something. No, what are we going to do? We're going shamelessly. Just like I go, when I go to my parents' condo, I'm not asking if I can go in the fridge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just going right in. I have no shame. If I need a water, I'm going to the kitchen and I'm grabbing a, a bottle of water. Why? Because this is my father. These are my parents. This is the way we need to think about God. This is what Jesus is teaching us about prayer, that we would have shameless persistence. 
about the issues of my life that I would keep praying that I wouldn't let an attitude of quitting come into my heart. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't ever think about throwing in the towel. I'm not going to give it an inch in my heart and my mind. I'm not going to quit. What am I going to do? I'm always going to pray and I'm going to never lose heart. Shameless persistence. Jesus is teaching us about prayer. In verse 9, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Now, those three things that Jesus just said, those are all of the answers that you need for all of your life. Now, I'm not going to spend time teaching on each one of those today, but that's something good to write down and to think about this afternoon. These are the areas of life that we need to be praying for, something that we're going to uh, receive from God, something that we're going to be seeking after, and then doors that need to be open for me. These are the areas of prayer that will affect each and every area of life. And Jesus is telling us, keep on praying. Keep on asking. Don't quit. Don't lose heart. And we're going to keep asking these things. Verse 10, for everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So here's the question. Jesus is saying, you fathers. So all the dads in the house. If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? What's the answer, dads? No. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Dads, is that what you do? No. Of course not. Verse 13, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Heavenly father. Here is what Jesus wants us to understand about prayer, that we're going to come and shamelessly persist as it relates to praying. The things sometimes feel like they take a long time or they take too long. Has anyone ever felt like that? This is just taking too long. Just this, I, I feel like this, according to my finite brain, how I could perceive life and how life should be, I just feel like this is taking too long. And then sometimes when we start to measure time like that, what could creep in? Well, let's just, let's just forget it. Let's just not. Let's just stop asking. Let's just stop expecting. Let's just throw in the towel. Let's just quit and give up. But what did Jesus say? What was the very first thing that Jesus said to us in that parable? Always pray, never lose heart. Always pray, never lose heart. Never, never give up. It shouldn't be something that we entertain shouldn't be something that we think about as it relates to how we live our lives. You know what? I'm just going to give up. Too hard, too difficult. It's taking too long. I'm too upset. This is too frustrating. We're just going to give up. No, Jesus is telling us we have a heavenly father. If earthly, reasonably good, healthy, uh, earthly fathers can do things that we could see, you know, just, this is what they would do. How much more, God, your heavenly father... And then God ends up saying, what does he say? He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. See, this is the best part about praying. The best part about praying is that we actually receive God himself. 
The scripture talks about, um, as it relates to prayer, it says that we should wait on the Lord. It doesn't necessarily mean just sort of sitting there waiting for God to do something. This word wait means to intertwine ourselves with God. In other words, here is God's strength, and then I'm going to be intertwined with God, and then his strength becomes my strength. So when I pray, this is what I get. I actually get God himself. I receive his spirit himself. And this is the thing that will carry me to the realization of my goal. And this is the strength that will carry me out of my situation. This is why I don't lose heart because I'm always praying. I'm shamelessly persisting. I'm shamelessly coming to God every day. I'm shamelessly opening up the refrigerator door and saying, God, I'm going to receive from you today what I need from you. Because here's the thing going on in my life, and here's the situation, here's the thing, here's the thing in my life that's actually trying to get me to quit. And you don't want me to quit, and I don't want to quit. So what am I going to do? I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to come shamelessly going to persist, and I'm going to receive God's strength. This is how Jesus is teaching us to pray. See, and the struggle is in these situations how we measure and mark time. This is the difficulty in things like this, because back to my point is like, this is just taking too long. As it relates to, you know, my dream and, and my career and this job that I'm looking for, or, or maybe owning my own business, I kind of just feel like it, I just feel like it should have happened already. I just feel like it, it, it should be now. I, I, I gave the example in the first service, you know, but here in, the, in this church building, that we're sitting in today, that my dad had the dream for this church building 20 years before we actually opened the door for the church building. Now, I'm not saying everybody's dream and everybody's thing is going to take 20 years, but the persistence is the most important part for us. God is going to work out the details of the things as it relates to our lives. We should let God be God and expect God be God. To, for God to be God and to be a good, loving, heavenly father. And then what do we do? We just keep praying. We shamelessly persist. We just keep on coming to God and keep on talking to God and keep receiving his strength to keep walking the road out to the dream. I met with a, a man after first service and he was saying, you know, that he had a dream for his business and it's taken about three years so far. And so what he was wanting, not, not necessarily to say, hey, I want the thing tomorrow. I need it tomorrow. He's like, no, I actually want God's thing. I want God's timing for the situation of my life. Because how many know God's timing is the best timing? The timing that we could dream up is, is not better than the, the plan of God for our lives. So what do we do every day? We join ourselves to God through prayer and shamelessly persist and shamelessly ask. And then we let God work out the details. I just know I'm not going to quit. That's how we should think about life. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to shamelessly persist in prayer. That I'm just going to keep on asking. So how do we think about time and how does God measure time? Let's read about it here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But you, not, you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years like a day. 
the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. There's a good phrase. There's a good sentence. God's not really being slow. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. We talked about repentance a couple weeks ago. So how does God measure time? Uh, For God, a, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. So as it relates to the church building, it took 20 years. But how long is 20 years in the measure of a thousand years or in the measure of time that has always been? Is it a blink of an eye? Is it half a blink of an eye? Is it a microsecond? See, that's not the important, that's not our thing to think about. That's not our thing to measure. Our thing is to do the thing that Jesus told us to do. And what did he tell us to do? In each area of life, what should we do? We should always pray and not lose heart. However long the period of time is, doesn't actually matter. We should enjoy the journey. How are we going to enjoy the journey? We're just going to pray every day. We're just going to be like that widow woman. We're just going to come day and night. We're just going to come day and night. We're just going to keep asking God. We're just going to keep expecting. We're going to have a smile on our face because we can pray. And he's called us righteous and he listens to my prayers. So I'm just going to keep coming because I'm his friend. Just going to keep coming. I'm not going to give up. Parents, what are we going to do? We're just going to keep coming. We're just going to keep giving instructions. I don't care what their face looks like. We're just going to keep coming. We're going to keep moving. And that's what we do in all areas of life. We don't give up. We don't quit. We always persist in prayer. It's the thing that we do. It's the thing that Jesus called us to do. And we have this wonderful, beautiful gift that we can talk to God. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Let's turn over there. I'm going to actually be reading from the Amplified. So unless you have the Amplified version, it might not help you. But let me read this to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing here. And he says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Say those four words with me. We never give up. This should be a life mantra for all of us. We just don't give up. We just don't have enough sense to give up. We just never give up. Well, this is hard and it's it's taken a long time. And this is difficult. And this is a struggle. And I thought it would be different by now. But what did Paul say? Uh, Because we have this new way, because he's given us mercy, we just don't give up. We just don't give up. This is how we should characterize ourselves as Christ followers. This is a life mode thing as well. This is not a, this is nothing to do with church services and, and how church services would be. This is how we should live our lives. We just don't give up. We shouldn't be thinking, we shouldn't be putting ourselves in that category. That doesn't mean we don't change things sometimes or do different things, but we just, we're just not quitters. What, what do we do instead? 
and we always pray. We always pray. And I can come at midnight too. I can come any time of the day. I, I, can, I can come at my lowest moment. I can come when I don't feel like coming. When it doesn't seem like I should. When it seems irrelevant. When it seems actually not that important. To maybe to someone else. But it's so important to me. I can go to God with that thing. Because he's, he's telling me. Jesus is telling me. You should always pray. Always pray. And never. You just, we just don't lose heart. We're, we're just never going to give up. Skip down to verse 7. Paul says this, but we have this precious treasure, the good news about salvation in unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty so that the grandeur and the surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God, his sufficiency and not from ourselves. It's a great verse right there. That the sufficiency of my life doesn't actually come from me. It actually comes from who God is. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. So the surpassing grandeur of my life has actually nothing to do with my life. It has to do with what Jesus did for me on the cross. So that's the thing that I can experience today. And that's why I don't give up. Because Jesus went to the cross for me, so I don't ever have to quit. I don't ever throw in the towel. I don't ever say it's too hard. I don't ever say it's too long. What am I going to do? I'm just going to keep praying. I'm just going to shamelessly come to God with my issues and with my dreams and with my big stuff and with my small stuff. I'm just going to come and I'm just going to come at midnight. I'm going to say, God, you told me to come, so I'm coming again. You said for me to not stop asking, so I'm coming again, God. And ultimately, what am I getting in that moment? I'm getting him. I'm getting him. And he's carrying me. Whether it's a year, whether it's two years, whether it's 10, whether it's 20. Shall I keep going? It doesn't matter how long it is. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going. Be like the Energizer Bunny. We just won't stop. Why? Because God has done for us something through Christ. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. Here's what life is like. We are pressured in every way, hedged in. Does anyone ever feel like that? Pressured on every side. You're surrounded. Well, that would be an appropriate time, right? We'll just, we'll just give in the towel. We'll just throw in the towel on that moment. We'll just quit. It's just too hard. We're surrounded. Let's keep reading. What does Paul say? Pressured in every way, hedged in. But I'm not crushed. Still breathing. There's pressure all around me. So what? I am not a quitter. Jesus told me always to pray, even if I'm surrounded. What am I going to do even in this moment where I'm surrounded by stuff? I am not going to lose heart. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. perplexed, unsure of finding a way out. Have you ever been there? You know, you, you, fig- you figured out something and you'd be like, oh, 
we're, you know, it's smooth sailing from here on out. We solve this problem. And then you get through that problem and then something else comes your way. Has anyone ever been there? And then you're there and you're like, I don't, I did this, but I don't know how to do this. Perplexed. What do we do? But not driven to despair. Not, I'm not going to be hopeless. I'm not going to let myself be hopeless. Even if I don't understand this thing right now, I know that I can shamelessly come to God and persist in prayer. Even when it looks like it's so confusing and it's so difficult and I don't understand. But I'm not hopeless. My anchor is in Jesus. I, I, I don't let myself... I don't let myself think about life that it's hopeless. It's never hopeless. Hunted down and persecuted. Did you ever feel like that? That life is just coming for you. See, listen, man, we can look at the world. We can look at the political situation, the unrest in the world. We can look at so many different things in the world. And all of these things are just coming at us. And we could just, we could just sort of be like, you know, we're surrounded. And I don't understand this. And it might seem like it's hopeless. But you know, the scripture tells us it's going to get darker and darker in the world. But we are going to shine brighter and brighter. It's never hopeless because Christ is in us. We have an anchor for our souls, regardless of what happens on the world. And it's going to continue to be craziness in the world. But we're not going to give up. We're not going to despair. We're not going to be hopeless. Even if we're surrounded, we're not going to give up. Why? Because Jesus told us that we should always pray and never lose heart. Hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted to stand alone. In other words, God never leaves you. Sometimes you feel like you're alone. Sometimes the circumstances are so hard and dark and difficult, you feel like you're alone, but he never leaves you or forsakes you. That's why he wants us to come constantly and persist in prayer, shamelessly come and be joined to him so we don't quit and we don't give up. We never stand alone. Struck down, but never destroyed. Never destroyed. And I just want to tell you, this, 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 these last words, they go so well with my personality. I, I hate losing. Any game, if we're going to play a game together, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I am in every game to win. And I am in life to win. And what does he say? That we are never destroyed. If I live in Christ, I win. When I die, I go to be with Christ, I win. He has set it up so we don't lose. We are never going to be destroyed. He wants us to maintain this attitude. Whatever comes our way, what are we going to do? We are going to always pray and we are going to never, we are going to never lose heart. God is always on my side. He does not leave me. I am never destroyed. It's never too far gone. This is how God wants us to live our lives. 
verse 8 of the original text that we read, Jesus said this, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is God's expectation for us. On the way to our dreams, in the middle of circumstances that are surrounding us, what does he want us to do? He wants us to have faith. We need to hold ourselves accountable, faithful to a faithful God. What is he calling us to do? He's calling us to trust him. That's why he tells us to pray and never lose heart. Because if I'm trusting him, why would I give up? I'm going to pray instead. I'm going to shamelessly persist. And why would we not give up? Why is it that I'm not? Why, why wouldn't we just throw in the towel? Because the reality is that your faith story, your life story is important to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 starts out and it's right after Hebrews 11, duh. Um, but in Hebrews 11 is the, this great hall of faith. All of these men and women who did great exploits in the Old Testament. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, they did all of this stuff. But then what does the writer say? Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, therefore, after we read all of those stories, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. After he's celebrating all of these people in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, he's like, now you have a race to run. You have a life to live. It's not just Moses and it's not just Abraham and it's not just Sarah and it's not just Noah. You, your story is important. Your life story of not quitting and always praying is just as important as all these Old Testament saints. You've got a race to run. You've got stuff to do. You can't throw in the towel. You shouldn't give up. God has given you his mercy. God has given you his grace. Man, you can always pray. Shamelessly persist and never lose heart. How do we do this? Verse two, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. How are we going to not be weary and give up? We're going to look to Jesus. The one who's initiating and perfecting my faith. So I can live the life God intended me to live. That I wouldn't be throw, thrown in the towel and giving up and quitting. That I would shamelessly persist. That I would shamelessly keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking. And I, I, I'll give... I give no place to quitting in my life. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word today. We're so thankful, Lord, that you teach us your ways, that you have a life 
for us to live. And God, I pray for anyone in here today who maybe came to church on the verge of quitting, throwing in the towel. It was too hard. It was too difficult. I'm not sure that I can go another day. I'm not sure that I could get out of this. I'm not sure that I can get to my dream. God, as we sit here today in your presence, the ultimate thing that we can receive from you this morning, Lord, is your strength. We know that we are never alone. So God, we just come to your throne of grace this morning to find help, to find grace in this time of need. God, and we purpose never to lose heart. We know that you are with us, that you have given us your mercy, that you have given us your grace, that you have given us your strength for this season of life. God, in this season might seem hard and it might seem too long, but I know that you are always with me. I thank you for that today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.